Nation, my dudes and dudettes, what is going on? Hilo here, bringing you another Exploring Extremes podcast where we take a look at some of the extremes in both spreads and game totals for this coming week's slate. Without further ado, we're going to bring him. He is back, my man, Pavel. How are we doing, brother? Good, bro. How are you? Good, man. Everything go okay with the move? Yeah, yeah, we're we're going good. Everything's good now. I got to go back to Chicago to finally get my car back in a week. So I'll be oh. finally going to get that back and then just spend the holiday up there. But it was good. We had a couple uh, near binks in the last week. So hopefully we can get a bink this week. I saw that. You had some uh, NBA stuff going on, right? Yeah, it was a good week in NBA. But hopefully we can cap it off in NFL this week because... I mean, I'm never going to lie to anyone. I have not hit big in NFL this year. I've like doubled up a couple weeks, but no like bigger win for me this year. So I'm really hoping this is the week. Yeah. 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 Me too. Yeah. My, my, my only sweats on the season remain in showdown. So. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> it's been a yeah. weird year. <laughs> yeah, man, for sure. All right, dude. Well, before we get in, Let's take a look at the overall like state of the NFL this week. There are seven games with a game total of 44 points or less on the DraftKings main slate this week. You add in the Thursday night football game tomorrow. You add in the Sunday night football game. You're up to nine games on the week that have a game total of 44 points or less. There are only three games that land in our magic range of 47 to 49 and a half points. There's only one game on the main slate with a game total of 50 points or more. And then that Monday night football game, the Rams at the Cardinals also checks in with a game total north of 50 points. So quite the low scoring week this week. Yeah, not what we would usually expect. It feels like we're back in the '90s this week. Yeah, man, just a just a weird, I don't know, weird way that the games lined up this week with all these low game totals. Uh, but it'll be interesting to attack, and uh, we'll jump right in. You want to hit me with a game that you're eyeing for an extreme this week? Absolutely. We're going to go with the over on the Steelers Vikings. Um, we're going to start this off. I saw a blurb by uh, one of the Steelers athletic writers, and he was saying that they just need to throw the ball. They need to get rid of this, you know, run first approach. What What's working best for them is just give it to Ben, let him throw the ball. So if that's going to be the philosophy, I can a pretty terrible Vikings defense, which is something we normally don't see. Um, they would just, even with Patrick Peterson coming back this week, I still don't see how they're going to, you know, really fix all their issues. Uh, I really, really like this game. And especially, I don't know if this is true, but supposedly Dalvin Cook practice yesterday and who knows, maybe he can make a miracle comeback to Thursday. That would definitely help up the line as well. But I just like this as a pretty, I think I definitely like this as an over for this game. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts in this game. Um, I wrote this game up in the uh, the early line inefficiencies. I wrote up Pittsburgh Steelers plus three and a half at the time. 
that's moved down most places to plus three. Um, but there's basically, there's a lot of moving pieces and we have Lance Kendrick, Anthony Barr, who are expected to come back linebacking. That's basically the entirety of the linebacking unit in the Vikings defense, uh, up the middle. So one is like one of the best run stopping linebackers in the league. The other is one of the best cover linebackers in the league. Um, so that's definitely something to keep an eye on. You mentioned Dalvin Cook. Uh, we know Thielen is going to be out for this game for the Vikings. So expecting Ty Conklin and KJ Osborne to have to step up as pass catchers for the Vikings. Uh, and then the Steelers, obviously, we know they're, they've had a depleted pass catching unit for you know majority of the season now. Um, and they are still maintaining this kind of moderate pace of play uh, until they go down. Uh, kind of mindset. So it'll be interesting. I too, I do like the over at only a uh, game total of 43 points. Um, but there are a lot of moving pieces that kind of could sway this game either way, uh, primarily through injuries. Yes, definitely. Sweet man. Well, somebody has got to do it. So yeah, <laughs> The highest game total on the week is the Buffalo Bills at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I will be there in the end zone. Uh-oh. Damn, dude. We talk about like late season moving pieces, injury, COVID stuff, stuff that's uh, changing dynamics of teams. And this game is another game where there's a ton of moving pieces. You know, Buffalo Bills lost Tredavious White. Um, they've had some struggles against the run, um, most recently against uh, Indianapolis, where they were That's down. weird. Yeah, well, they were down Starla Tule. They were down um, Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, those guys are back. But again, last week, we kind of saw this team struggle against the run. Um, obviously, they played in a Nor'easter up in Buffalo. Uh, the wins were absolutely insane. And they played a, a Bill Belichick-led uh, Patriots team who had them throw the ball only three times. Which is uh, was so fun to watch. So and People are complaining all over Twitter about this one. We're like, I had the best time watching. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. And a large part of the success of why the Patriots had the success they did on the ground was they were able to seal the edge. So that basically rendered... Starla Tulele up the middle and Tremaine Edmonds up the middle as that um, kind of strong side uh, or run stopping linebacker. It kind of removed them from Buffalo's defensive game plan. And what I saw obviously was the, the wide receivers pitching in um, to seal that edge and the tight ends. And then obviously um, the guards and tackles on the outside sealing that edge. Now, when we look at like who has had success against Buffalo this season, it's these teams that can kind of control the game on the ground. Now, that is not what the Patriots look to do, but the Patriot or sorry, the Buccaneers, that is not what the Buccaneers yeah. <laughs> try to do. But the Buccaneers um, have the greatest uh, what is it, the greatest run blocking uh, adjusted line yards on the season, which is interesting to find out because they're obviously such a pass first pass heavy team. That we is like, interesting. I didn't even know that. Yeah. When we look at like how each of these teams are likely to attack here, 
both of their offenses are likely to attack through the air first and foremost. Now, obviously, we have the Buccaneers who have been top three in pass rates uh, throughout the whole season. We have the Buffalo Bills who Brian Dabble, we know, is very good at like game planning um, prior to a game to design an offense to attack the deficiencies of the defense. And another like point with with Dabble this season is he hasn't seemed to be as dynamic and as adaptable in game um, mm-hmm. straying from that game plan coming in, uh, which is kind of interesting. So it's, it kind of leads to a, a spot where we can expect the bills to lean towards the pass with the ball in Josh Allen's hands, and we can expect them to not be as adaptable during the game. So that leads to increased passes. We can expect the Buccaneers to obviously be attacking through the air. You know, they're averaging the most pass attempts per game in the season. So when you get these two teams that are likely to be passing a bunch, um, that lends to additional plays, that lends to additional opportunities for putting points on the board. So I actually like the over at 52 and a half. What say you? I'm... There's no argument, really. You pretty much hit every point. These are going to be two passing offenses. We watched this on Thursday... Monday, um, those don't look good running the ball. You know, they, it's just not in their nature. They need Josh Allen out there slinging the ball. And they started to do that more in the second half. And then look, they actually looked a little better. Um, some bad drops. Denox had a couple of really untimely drops this week. Like they could have been a much better game. He dropped like a touchdown. He dropped like a 40 yard catch. So some drives got stalled through drops and I guess could be attributed to the wind, but I don't think the wind will be a factor in Tampa it's pretty nice out here right now. Not going to lie. So (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, I, you know, this is going to be, this could be fireworks. I don't know how this wasn't flexed to Sunday night football. Yeah. Right. They, uh, they got, I mean, they got high viz with the Packers in that slot right now, but the bears suck. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. (laughs) Hit me with another game. Uh, I like the Raiders and the chiefs over 48. So I am a firm believer that Patrick Mahomes is still due for that Patrick Mahomes game. (laughs) I'm going to keep, I mean, last week was a weird game. They didn't really need to score, especially when Sorensen ran of all people. Sorensen ran a pick six back. Yeah. I I was just like, okay, this is just going to be a handoff rest of the game, which it was Raiders games usually tend to be pretty high scoring games with, with the, with the Chiefs, it's a divisional matchup. You know, we know how the Raiders like to play. They like to run the ball. Then they like to throw bombs. If they can connect a couple bombs, this game could just blow wide open. So I'm definitely leaning towards that end of this game. What say you? The, this one is one of those that is an I don't know for me. It could go either way. One... So there's multiple reasons that kind of lead me down that path. One, this lands in our magic range of 47 to 49 and a half. Typically, these are the ranges where they are the most, um, like the highest rate of games that go, that have like equal spread of like overs and unders. So these are the games where like Vegas is just like, yo, uh, Good luck with this. We're we're more than likely to get fifty percent of the action or close to it on the over and the under. So, when we look at how these teams are set up, both the Raiders and the Chiefs on defense are built from the back forward, where 
They look to take away deep passing and they look to force teams underneath and towards the middle of the field where their um, their safeties and their linebackers are good in pursuit. So that leads to typically an, a, a below average completion rate allowed against, but an extremely low yards after catch allowed and an extremely low uh, defensive ADOT. So we look at how like the Kansas city chiefs have been attacking here and it's super interesting, but like Tyreek Hill is not just operating in this like standard downfield threat role anymore. Um, yeah. They were he, saying they're running two more, two safeties on defense against him, but that's not true. I was watching for that last game. They're just not using Tyreek Hill in that deep there, but I also think it's because everyone else sucks on that team. Pringle cannot catch the ball. Hardman is we don't need to get into Hardman. It, it's just, he has no weapons, I feel like, but Kelsey's got to have that big game though. Cause he's been shut out. Yeah. Yeah. So this game sets up really well for Travis Kelsey and Tyree kills a dot. We're used to it being like 15 plus this year. It sits at 10.7 with a, huh. mo- a modest 4.4 average yards after the catch. So those are both like smack dab in the middle of the league. Um, so the cheetah is not cheetah in, this season, he is basically being used as like a a modified like move the chains wide receiver. Um, he has a he has like a an above average sixty seven percent catch rate, but uh, a below average drop rate seven point one percent. So that's pretty high for a wide receiver with an ADOT of only ten point seven. Um, again, this game sets up extremely well for Travis Kelsey. Uh, kind of been waiting for him. My best ball exposure has been waiting for him all season. Um, but yeah, this basically all of that to say is like these defenses are kind of built to like take away the biggest strengths of the opposing offense. So this is another game where it could go kind of either way for me, but I lean actually to the under at 47 and a half. Interesting. We'll see on this one. This one's definitely a polarizing one for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, bro. Let me, what is it? My, it's my turn, right? Of course, it's your turn. <laughs> okay, sweet. Um, we're going to go to next the um, New York Saints at the New York Jets, or the New Orleans Saints, Jesus, <laughs> at the New York Jets. So what do we get here? We have a Saints team that's moving from a dome to the frigid outdoor stadium uh, for in New York. Uh, actually, New Jersey, but we digress. Yeah. Um, we have a game total of 42.5 points. The spread is currently set at 5.5 points in favor of the visiting Saints. And we expect Taysom Hill to be starting at quarterback with a, a similar injury on his throwing hand on his finger to what Russell Wilson had earlier this season. That is basically a ruptured tendon in one of the fingers that allows you to, um, to flex your finger. So to, to close your finger basically. So that's going to affect his throwing hand. He's reported to be looking to play through it. Um, he, for the second half of their last, uh, game, he had a splint on the top portion of that finger. So basically that's going to, decrease his mobility of that finger. So I'd expect Taysom and the Saints offense overall, obviously they're playing the Jets, to lean extremely run heavy here. 
there's a possibility that Alvin Kamara makes his return this week. He got in limited practices last week, but they played on Thursday night, so he sat that game out. They said uh, he's likely already today. Yeah, so it's looking like they're going to get Alvin Kamara back. It's looking like Taysom Hill is going to be the quarterback. Obviously, we know he is highly uh, adept at rushing capability and ability. So I'd expect the Saints to adopt an extremely run-heavy approach here. I'd expect the Jets, who just lost Corey Davis, um, to basically be Elijah Moore or bust. Um, so the Saints, we know on defense, they are very capable of designing game plans to try and limit the production of the opposing alpha, whoever that is. They either use, you know, Marshawn Lattimore in Shadow Island coverage if it is more of like a prototypical X wide receiver. That's typically how they've deployed him. Um, on these shiftier wide receivers, like Elijah Moore is, they typically um, they either run sides or they run Marshawn Lattimore on the on the wide receiver too, uh, and then they basically um, under over blanket coverage the shiftier alpha wide receiver. So they put the uh, corner. The opposing corner uh, shallow, and then they blanket him with uh, the free safety uh, uh, over the top. So that's how I think the Saints are going to handle the defensive situation against Elijah Moore this week. I'd expect kind of some more blanket coverages on Elijah Moore, which he is really their best means of moving the football. So um, I, all of that to say is I'm setting it up for the under of the modest 42 and a half points. Okay. I like it. I uh, I also agree with the running offense. When Taysom Hill's in there, they're going to be running the ball and running the ball and running the ball. Kamara may not even get that full workload because they'll have Ingram still. So mm-hmm. in- Ingram's going to be getting the ball a ton. And without Corey Davis, man, it's going to be really tough for any of these wide receivers to separate. Maybe Jamison Crowder can get us a big week out of him. Can't forget about him. But, I mean, Zach Wilson's probably going to get stunned in this game. He's... You know, he's a rookie quarterback. We we got really blessed the last couple of years with these, you know, really good rookie quarterbacks. But this year, you know, we're saying they're struggling, but this is like the normal progression for a rookie quarterback. So, you know, it's just, it's it's hard to rely on Zach Wilson this week. I, I love the under on this one. Yeah. And we like the Jets pass catching. It's got to be like Jamison Crowder or Bust because uh, via, you know, what we talked about with Elijah Moore, the op- opposite perimeter wide receiver is going to be like a mix of Denzel Mims and uh, they'll do anything either. not to play him, too. Yeah. 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 So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's very, I'd expect the, the Jets to have a pretty hard time moving the football here. Yeah. Totally. Um, All right, man. Hit me with your last one. So there's one that was looked interesting to me, and that was the Jags Titans under. I'm not gonna go there because I think <laughs> go there for many reasons. But I really, really, really am excited for Monday night Rams and Cardinals. I like the over of 51 and a half. I can see this one being another fireworks show. Get that Kyler game back. You know, he just was back from injury last week. He looked okay. He looked great, dude. Yeah, he looked okay. That James Conner touchdown was so sick. The spinning catch, that was unreal. That was wild. And Kyler had two rushing scores for the first time this year. Yeah, so I I really, really like this game. We know what the Rams offense is going to do. They're going to run the ball. They're going to throw bombs. 
Cardinals, what do they do? They're going to run the ball, throw bombs. Uh, I think Christian Kirk won't get blanked this week. I can see him getting a couple deep targets. This is, I feel like this game is just going to be nonstop fireworks. Yeah, this is, this is definitely the game of the week. Um, glad it is on Monday night football for tons of different reasons, but, uh, it's kind of hit or miss there because we don't get these two offenses on the main slate, but yeah, this, uh, Obviously, the Cardinals sit at first in the NFC, currently a game ahead of both the Packers and the Buccaneers for the only bye week. So this is a big week for them as they look to lock up that bye week out of the NFC. The Rams currently sit two games behind the Cardinals, so they could uh, for the division, uh, so they could move within a game here with a tiebreaker uh, basically in hand um, should they win because. Um, their conference records would basically be matched uh, should the Rams win here. So a lot riding, uh, you know, we're getting into late season football where games are taking on a little bit of additional meetings. We got only one bye week out of each conference this year. We have the extended playoffs uh, with seven teams making the playoffs. So there's a lot going on um, with this game in particular. That said, like, how are these two teams built? How are they likely to attack here? Well, the Cardinals obviously um, have been a pretty balanced offense. So, you know, they haven't been this like what we've seen out of them in the past where it's like either Kyler is rushing or they're throwing the football. Like this is a balanced team and it's a very, very well run and very, very well coached team. Look at the Rams. They are extremely well coached as well. They have also have that obvious upgrade at quarterback um, with Matt Stafford coming into town. And they just picked up Odell Beckham Jr., who he will be playing his fourth game with the team. Uh, and he has basically been an every down, uh, every snap player for this team. So we have these, these two offenses who are extremely well coached. And also the pass catchers. Did you see... Uh, Cooper Cup's um, breakdown of like, oh my god, he was asked like a very simple question, like, "Hey, what did you see like on that long touchdown reception?" And he went into like a very Bill Belichickian explanation of like what he saw. It was like fire zone red coverage, and uh, he was like talking all this like yeah, he's like stuff. the safety man, yeah. Yeah. like that's the kind of stuff you want to hear. But like, people should know most of these guys all talk like that. You know, we don't get to see the inside and these guys are experts in what they do, you know? Yeah. It's so cool to see that. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, like, these are two very well run teams. They're very well coached teams. They are disciplined teams and they are highly, highly skilled teams. Um, and we know that like when these divisional games happen, like it's typically, uh, kind of a wider range of outcomes. Like they could, play to like a shootout they could play to a slugfest but that being said the way that this game sets up it sets up tilting towards the air and it sets up for a very very high scoring back and forth game so i too like the over here at 52 and you even mentioned and i forgot to mention this is a division matchup like this is critical like they need to who what's it called um the rams really need to win this one to get a chance to win the division because they'll just they'll pull in for between behind one game so I really, I don't see how this game's, I mean, just probably because I'm so confident it's going to let me down, but I don't see how this could let me down. 
Yeah, because we get this like kind of like motivation factor where both teams are likely to view this game as a must win. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cardinals obviously hunting for that bye week, and then uh, the Rams they have to win this game if they want to try and win the division. Agreed. So what awesome, you got man. for me for the last one? Oh God, man, this week, dude. Um, the last game that I think of these because we kind of picked through most of these higher scoring ish game totals. Uh, so I'm going to go actually, you know what? I'm going to change my mind. I was going to go to a lower game, uh, but I want to cover one of these other magic range uh, games on the week. And we're going to look at um, the San Francisco 49ers at the Cincinnati Bengals. This game currently has a game total of 48 and a half and with a basically pick them uh, the Bengals are favored by one point. Obviously, this game is in Cincinnati. We can expect a little bit more frigid weather. San Francisco are coming from the moderate climate uh, in the Bay Area to uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, where we're expected to get cold weather. We're expected to get elevated winds uh, this time of year. Um, and both of these offenses are run based offenses that are capable of generating splash plays. So they're kind of both in the same vein of, you know, offensive tutelage um, where they want to base their offense around the run, but they're capable of generating these splash plays if they need to. Obviously the San Francisco 49ers have pretty much three of the greatest yak capability pass catchers over the last two seasons in Debo Samuel, who we have to kind of keep an eye on his status for this week, uh, Brandon Ayuk, and then George Kittle. We have a Bengals team uh, who has T. Higgins and all-world rookie wide receiver Jamar Chase on the perimeter. Uh, and then obviously the splash play potential through the backfields of each of these teams is highly uh, prevalent as well. So all of that is kind of the argument for the over. But like we talked to in the first magic spread game. These games typically have a very, very wide range of outcomes. There is a high possibility that these two teams kind of lean towards the run where there's a lot going on for both of these teams that we have to keep a track of like through the rest of the week with respect to injuries, because the Niners like Trey Sermon is injured. Um, Mitchell is injured after self-reporting concussion symptoms on Monday uh, so the, the Niners are working out running backs right now because they are highly uncertain with their running back depth. They're basically down to Jamichael Hasty is their only healthy running back on the roster right now. The Bengals, Joe Mixon was a little bit banged up last week, uh, but he should be good to go. So we have these two teams who we know are capable of generating splash plays. We have these two defenses who are more or less on the like below average of the spectrum of talent. So they've been limiting teams through scheme and both of these defenses are built to basically remove splash play potential against. So they make up for the deficiencies uh, in talent through scheme and they do so by trying to limit splash plays against. So all that kind of comes together. I lean to the under actually in this game. uh, And I feel like, we could see this game total increase as the week goes on uh, if some of these questionable bodies are ruled as healthy and active. So I would hold off on making a bet on this game now 
to try and see like where this line moves, but I lean to the under here. So I'm on the under as well. Uh, I don't know if you watched the game, but Burrow hit his hand and he dislocated his pinky pretty bad. Yeah. And they showed him on the sideline throwing and man, he was in pain. I mean, this guy's got huge cojones. You know, he's willing. He said he's going out there. He is not sitting. He played through that game. But I don't know how effective he'll be. So I also, I think this is going to be a running game as well. Yeah. So that's the way I lean for this one. Um, Jamichael Hasty was my number one waiver wire pickup for the week. He Hopefully he can get me to the championship in a couple or playoffs in a couple leagues. Yeah, brother. I highlighted him in the, uh, in the waiver, wire to waivers as well. Yeah, so I got really lucky, picked him up. But, I mean, yeah, they're in dire need there. So I can see this being like a Ayuk-Kettle game again. So, I mean, we know how the 49ers want to play. They want to run the ball. So I can see this one just being a clock-killing game and just, you know, try to limit mistakes. Yep, concur, man. All right, well, that is going to do it for Week 14's edition of Exploring Extremes. Again, uh, we will be back next week covering these extremes again. Uh, And I will see you guys on Saturday for the week in review or the wrap up uh, leading up to the main slate uh, on Inner Circle. Bobo, it's great to have you back, brother. We will catch you next week. Great to be back. Yes, can't wait. Have a good one, everyone. See you. Bye.